Grace and peace to you, Bloom, and welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. My name is Seth Slay, and I'm the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver, Colorado. And today we begin our focus on the examine. The examine is an ancient practice of self-reflection and meditation that uses concepts like silence and gratitude and review and forgiveness and renewal to help us to see the ways in which Christ is moving in our lives and to see the rhythms of our lives and maybe figure out where those rhythms need to change or shift. We'll be using this tool over the course of the next few weeks to look at our commitments here at Bloom. We have six commitments, uh, worship, prayer, shared life, hospitality, service, and generosity. And we'll be talking about those things a lot in our church in the near future. But today we're gonna focus on worship. Later on, you'll hear a discussion on our gospel passage for this week, which is from John 4, Jesus' interaction with the Samaritan woman. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to go a little deeper into our commitments or our examine, if you'd like to use that in your daily life, you can find that information linked in the show notes, or you can go to bloom.church examine, E-X-A-M-E-N, and you'll find it all there. We're so glad that you're listening, and we hope that you enjoy. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul says, Be imitators of God. Love as Christ loved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice. So let us confess our sin to God, who forgives us in Christ. In a dark and disfigured world, we have not held out the light of life. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In a hungry and despairing world, we have failed to share our bread. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. In a cold and loveless world, we have kept the love of God to ourselves. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May God forgive us by the death of her Son and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. Amen.
Cause in your prayer 
Hear a reading from the Gospel according to John, chapter 4. Eventually, Jesus came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ, When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, What do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. This encounter with Jesus that this woman has is so complex and beautiful and layered. There's so many things we could pull from it. It's it's a real interaction. 
uh, not only between two humans, but it's an interaction between humanity and the divine. Mm. And um, what we'll focus on is worship. Because in the middle of this whole exchange between Jesus and this woman, she just kind of randomly brings up worship. And I think she was probably trying to change the subject. And, <laughs> you know, it's a good strategy, you know, when talking to a pastor or someone that really, you know, so tell me about what you do all day. And they'll take the bait. But, and I don't want to say that about Jesus, I guess, but so um, she asked this question, you know, this theological question on worship. And she says basically, she offers two different constructs and understandings to forms of worship. She's talking about the Samaritans and the Jews, and you know, you kind of do it this way, and we do it this way, and you meet here, we meet here, and and each meeting place had bound within it certain practices and beliefs and and a liturgy in a sense. And he responds so beautifully. Many people say it's the it's the most concise and compelling statement about worship ever uttered by Jesus. He says that that doesn't matter where you meet, how you meet. The form. There's coming a day when when you'll worship me, when you'll worship God in spirit and in truth. That should be received by the church like fresh wind and fresh water, an invitation to be who we are fully. In the Catechism of the Church, which is written in question and answer form, the question says, what is corporate worship? And the answer given in the Catechism says, in corporate worship, we unite ourselves with others to acknowledge the holiness of God, to hear God's word, to offer prayer, and to celebrate the sacraments. To worship in spirit and truth is to be led through those practices that the church has found leads us into the presence of God, into a place in which we're open and receptive to Christ, to beauty, to be inspired, to engage in those practices in a way that the Spirit of God is the one leading us through it. It's not us. It's not a form. It's not someone's idea. It's not a sermon series. It's the Spirit of God leading us to a place that's the most true space we could ever inhabit as humanity, the most honest place we could be with ourselves, the most vulnerable place we could be with God, with others. It's truth and it's Spirit. And it's beautiful because the Spirit always leads to truth. And conversely, the truth and the seeking of truth so many times leads to the discovery and the openness of the Spirit. The Spirit leads us into the truth of who we are, of the nature of being held and being loved by Christ, of being bound together as a human family by the Spirit of God. So worship is the truest, most beautiful, compelling, inspired picture of humanity that we have on planet earth. It's opening ourselves up to the divine, to beauty, to life, to God in a way that causes everything in us to want more, to offer the fullness of everything that we are, everything we believe ourselves to be, everything that we aspire to attain to the hands of Christ who loves us. It's worship. So we at Bloom, we have this rhythm that we've adapted. We call it the liturgy, but it is the prayers and the peace coming around the table, the communion, centering on scripture. There's these practices that in and of themselves, they're just empty. But when we allow the spirit of God to lead us through 
these ancient practices of the church, we start to see, we start to experience an openness to the divine that we wouldn't have had if we weren't engaged in worship. And it's just beautiful, and it's supernatural, and it's mysterious, and it's compelling, and it's inspiring. It's all these things. When we give ourselves to the flow of Christ that leads us into worship. And we talk about this every year, and every year we kind of say the same thing, kind of what I just said. I mean, we, we remind ourselves of the commitment that we have to worship. And this year, I think it's hitting me a little bit different because it's been such a strange 15 months that we've just been through, and I think it's going to be, I don't know, maybe even more strange coming up. And what I'd just like to leave us with tonight is another lesson that Jesus taught about the state of our own hearts and the ability of our own hearts to be both a place that receives the beauty of God and a place in which the beauty of God and the presence of Christ can grow and flourish and lead us into worship. It's the story of the soil and the seed. Jesus basically said, there's all sorts of soil. There's rocky, there's parched, there's soil that's crowded with other things, but the seed's always the same. And what makes the human heart different is not the seed, is not God. It's not the experience of Christ or the reality of the Spirit with us. It's the state of our heart. It's the condition of our soil. And Jesus says to his followers at one point, he says, it's only the seed that's received into good soil that produces life, that creates worship. And every year when we come to this examine in the life of our community, that's, that's really what we come back to is our commitment of worship and how we see it and how it inspires us and how through worship we encounter beauty, how we're drawn to beauty, to God. And so I don't know how that hits us this year. I think it certainly carries more weight, perhaps similar to the weight that we feel in the heart of the woman who's talking to Jesus at this well. And um, perhaps it's just something that's escaping us right now. It feels hard to find that place, to be in that place of worship. Wherever we are in that, it's good to remember that we're never in a place that we're not held and that we're not seen, that we're not loved. Sometimes worship is just simply trying to, returning to acknowledge that. I, mean, I will say as a music and worship pastor for the past uh, long time now, 10 years. This verse always comes up when I'm asked to give some kind of like discussion, lead some kind of discussion mm -hmm. about worship or something. It's this one and it's like um, Romans 12, uh, like offering ourselves as a living yeah. sacrifice or Acts 2, where we're talking about singing hymns together and gathering together. But I think what I've learned now after 10 years, is that as you learn more about Christ, you begin to see that like, yes, those things are true. Like it's mm -hmm. about obedience. It's about offering ourselves to God. It's about just being present with God, I think, mm -hmm. kind of like this woman was with Jesus. But I think even as she did, she sees what, what she knows of Jesus as being this rabbi where she's like, I can't, I can't mm -hmm. be near this person. Mm -hmm. It's not we're not supposed to be. And yet she sees it's so invitational because he just mm -hmm. sits by her mm -hmm. and she automatically sees something different. And so 
all of a sudden, this woman who would never, ever have offered anything of herself to especially a Jewish man Mm -hmm. finds herself like basically giving her life to this man, like saying, you, I want what you have, you know, that to me is, is probably the, the greatest picture of worship. All she knows is like, there are these two mountains. That's how we worship. I don't know. But what, whatever is happening here is pretty cool too. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden Mm -hmm. she's like, wow. Bread, and then she be, she just goes and tells everyone she knows, mm-hmm. even though he just revealed her deepest darkest secrets. Yeah, and yet she she's like, well, that's it. It doesn't matter. And she came as she was, and then all of a sudden, worship because of Jesus showing up and just being there, and she recognized yeah. it and was open to it. And so it's not about singing. It's not even about giving everything you have. It's just about like being aware of Christ mm-hmm. and moving towards it. <laughs> yeah. That to me is like the most simple way you can talk about worship. Being aware of Christ, which that that takes some time and effort, but mm-hmm. it also when you're aware of Christ, you move toward Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's worship. Just resonating Seth with what you're saying and recognizing kind of this change for myself in more often than not recognizing it's something we're invited into. And it does, it requires an awareness, so it requires a slowing down. Mm. It requires going through those Mm. pieces of the liturgy that we talk about, the confession even, just being such a huge piece for me that I've learned to really embrace and see as a beautiful step towards worship or into worship even, or a part of worship that invites me into something far more intimate mm. than me setting out to do this thing or Check off a box or something. Yeah. 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 Or that is so compartmentalized to look so one way that we define it kind mm. of in stereotypical ways, but really stepping back and kind of blowing that box up a little bit or a lot, I guess, more asking the spirit to do something in me Mm -hmm. that leads me into worship versus Mm -hmm. me essentially deciding I'm going to do this. (laughs) Now I'm going to worship, but recognizing that it is a work of the spirit in me to stir and to inspire and to convict and to, you know, encourage and affirm and all of that is not something I'm doing in and of myself. Mm -hmm. And I think initially worship somehow in my mind was something we did and we took on and, you know, we gave. I I hear what you're saying. It it doesn't help that the evangelical church makes worship an event every week. Like that that's the thing. That's the thing that is always advertised. Like, right. So, so instead of it being this holistic experience where like you're, you're here, it's a corporate experience, the whole thing, like, it's compartmentalized, like you're saying, like there's worship, there's the sermon that's like a thousand times longer than it should be. And, (laughs) and then there's more music and it's like, but what is really, what are we actually doing? You know? Mm -hmm. And none of it's inspiring. No. And that invitational. Yeah. What's so compelling about this story and so sweet is that this woman is like moved to, Mm -hmm. I mean, in that, you can just see like, these synapses firing in her brain and, and this movement in her soul that she's being drawn to something that's so mm-hmm. inspiring and compelling. And I love what you said that 
it's okay to be laid bare in front of Christ because mm. it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter anymore. It's just, it's that truth part of worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the spirit is leading her. Yeah. I think the evangelical movement loves to make it something that we do because then it can be controlled. Mm-hmm. It can be managed. But when you talk about it in terms like you're saying, we sit together, we, we were vulnerable enough together to admit this is a supernatural event. It's a supernatural stirring that we ask for. And then we like let our hearts And go. it's interactive. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes worship comes out in the form of confession. Sometimes it comes out in the form of obedience. Sometimes mm-hmm. it comes out in the form of celebration. Sometimes it comes out in the form of lament. serving, mm-hmm. lament. Yeah. Like it just becomes this interactive thing that takes on so many different forms depending on how the spirit is moving. So it really is, you could say maybe worship is the corporate releasing of your heart, like letting yourself just go Mm -hmm. and having, being okay that other people will see you cry or laugh or, Mm -hmm. or whatever happens, respond, lament, confess. Yeah. That part of the vulnerability is so compelling to see humanity be moved by the divine Mm -hmm. into something that we don't know where it goes. We don't need to know, but it's all good. It's all beneficial. It's all inspiring. And then we can talk like Paul does about worship and say, you offer the whole of who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'm not trying to turn this into like a feminist observation. I'm going to translate it in a minute, but I'm really struck by how seriously Jesus interacts with her. Mm Mm-hmm. There's been so many iterations I've had of worship, but I think lately it, it really is a lot of what you were saying, Seth, is like daring to interact with Christ mm-hmm. and then being completely overwhelmed by the fact that I'm taken seriously mm-hmm. and that I'm seen mm-hmm. exactly where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Five husbands, a misunderstanding, maybe even wrong theology. Mm-hmm. And Jesus gently corrects and they worship. Mm-hmm. So I I think it ties to all of us. I feel really struck by that. It has nothing to do with us. <laughs> like I think I've had this notion that it's us offering praise. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, it's just like a really good conversation with mm-hmm. somebody who loves us a lot and sees mm-hmm. us really well, good and bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm struck by that. I can't get that out of my head, how he treated her like a human. We still don't do that for each other. It feels like it's this perfect balance of being present to yourself Mm -hmm. while being present to the spirit within yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and feeling like those are two different things. So being present to that longing to be seen, Mm -hmm. that shame or that, insecurity or that fear or that excitement and Mm -hmm. anticipation or whatever, you know, like being present to where we're at and then being present to the spirit in that and letting those two kind of collide in this Mm -hmm. really cherishing, Mm -hmm. gentle kind of intimate interaction of the two. Yeah. When I picture the story, I can almost... I mean, I can see this energy between the two of them now. Mm. As she begins to worship, it starts to happen. Her heart 
mm-hmm. is released. Mm-hmm. She starts to worship and he allows it to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, in his humanity, I wonder if it was even maybe just awkward. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're all of a sudden in this really intimate moment mm-hmm. and he allows it to happen, which I think is so beautiful and kind and should always be the posture of the church mm-hmm. towards humanity. Mm-hmm. That when humans, when we start to do this thing, when we're caught up into the divine and we just, we were released into worship that we honor that. Mm-hmm. And we tell people that's mm-hmm. good and beautiful, not try to control it, yeah. not try to manage it. And that's what she's, that's her construct of worship. Cause she's like, is it this mountain or that mountain? Mm-hmm. Is it this practice or that? She's, she's released like that. Just being in his presence, she's released from it. Mm-hmm. The world, I believe, longs to worship, mm-hmm. is drawn to beauty. And if the church was validating to that experience, which can be different and spiritual and intimate and vulnerable and all the things that it is, if we validated that instead of controlling it mm-hmm. and putting ourselves as the gatekeepers, I just wonder what the landscape would look like. Mm-hmm. I love what we've been doing as we start the service and we kind of, I guess maybe did it almost on accident because we were trying to collect ourselves after messing with the live stream. <laughs> I think, and so yes. I think, but I what, forgot that's how it started. What started it. to happen is we, and when we all come in, it's like, we used to like start with a song. I mean, that's what you do, but it was this intentional moment of Holy spirit come mm-hmm. and see us. And lead us and inspire us and um, deal with us. There's not a space in my life that has that posture that you willingly say, I don't want to control this. I don't want to manage it. I don't need to see the way through it. I just, I'm just here. I need to be led. You know, that's so rare. There's That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I just have been thinking about this throughout the week and know that we're starting the exam and we talk about worship. And this morning we had a tree delivered that my son picked out two weeks ago. Oh, cute. What I just didn't even think about was that the tree that he, that we planted together almost a year ago, it had died, which was, it died at my own hands. I mean, I didn't water it. I don't, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but they took the tree out of the ground and he, it's like, it's like he just all of a sudden got hit in the gut. And it, it was true heartbreak mm. and like a wailing cry. I've never heard him do this. It was heartbroken mm. that this tree was gone. And um, now he has a little piece of it in his room and a shot glass with sand is the, all that's left of the tree. And, <laughs> so um, sad. <laughs> but I mean, I had to like me and uh, his grandmother who was there, we were trying to console him and he just kept he just kept going i'm so sad i'm so Aww. sad and i said i'm buddy i'm so sad and i'm so sorry that the tree is gone the tree and he kept saying why why and i was like honest with them i was like we didn't water it enough and then he asked me just through tears like why didn't we water it and um i think like the last month of talking with my counselor and everything that she's been saying just fell on me. Mm. And I thought about that story of Jesus saying, make sure the seed 
is in good soil in your heart, sometimes we forget to tend to the thing that most matters. Mm -hmm. We forget to tend to that place in our hearts that is open to Christ, that, that beauty is sprouting, that inspiration is taking root, that love, that kindness, compassion, that worship comes from. We get too busy and we forget to water. And um, I thought about all the things I had done as I came home late, as I got finished with clients, as I got finished with the podcast, as, you know, and all the times I should have watered that tree and I didn't. And I know this is the silly metaphor and it's the, you know, whatever, but <laughs> I guess what I want to say or encourage us to is tend to the mm -hmm. soil of your heart. Protect that place in you that longs for more, that longs for beauty, that just like the woman in this story is so very much open to Christ because nothing is more important than that. Mm -hmm. And I have to learn that. And I learned it again through this tree and I have to learn it every day. We have to tend to our souls. And Jesus said it and we can say it to ourselves. There's nothing more important than our own souls. And that's the place from which we worship. And to me, it's all tied together. Mm. Being kind to ourselves is coming into alignment with the divine energy that's over us, with the love and the compassion that God has. We realize that we worship. How beautiful is it that this story starts with this woman just kind of finding a resting, peaceful, tired Jesus? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that that exists. <laughs> <laughs> Because obviously this Samaritan had a lot of things going on in her life. Mm -hmm. And yet this story begins with her just finding Jesus tired. <laughs> God tired. <laughs> I just love that. I don't know why it strikes me, but it like makes me laugh <laughs> in, like a, in like a joyful way. Not in like a, this is stupid way. But uh, <laughs> that's all of us. Yeah. Like this this woman is so tired and you know obviously going through a lot and Jesus is tired too. Mm -hmm. And yet mm -hmm. he speaks to her like a human. Because that's what he is. Mm -hmm. Just sitting there. I, I love that. I just I, I want to find that Jesus mm -hmm. that's sitting and tired. You want to sing with him. I can like, relate to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I would say he's worshiping too. Like yeah. that's what I actually yeah. really love about that. You're totally right. Mm -hmm. Bloom wherever you are. May you experience life and may your heart be released into worship, whatever that looks like, that you would see and experience Christ. Peace be with you. We pray to God, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, creator, and renew the earth. Holy Spirit, come, come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, Counselor, and touch our lips that we may proclaim your word. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, power from on high. Make us channels of peace and ministers of healing. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God. Give life to the dry bones around us and make us a living people, holy and free. Holy Spirit, come, come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, wisdom and truth. Strengthen us to be bold in faith. Holy Spirit, 
come upon us.